Hey, and welcome to AP Bible Church. You can find us online at apbiblechurch.com, and you can come and join us. We host all of our services live streaming through a Facebook group, which you can get at our website. Thank you so much for joining us here. Pastor Brandon has been going through and teaching through the book of Matthew. These studies are hosted live with our church members being able to chime in, comment, ask questions at the end, and we're also backing them up so that way you guys can access them here as well. But as always, come and join us in the group to get these services as they're happening and be able to join in not only in fellowship, but counsel questions and so much more that we have within the church body. Thanks for joining us. We pray this can bless you. We'll be in Matthew 20 today. I will post a study packet for you all. For those of you, you know, who are new or haven't noticed before, you know, you guys always check the events tab and the announcements tab throughout the week, you know, even just to make sure that you've seen anything, you know, super important. Um, I know for me, it's hard um, to, you know, life gets busy with all the things, but even just taking, you know, a, you know, 20 minutes before you go to bed and just catching up with the board, you know, again, because it's not just about being online or it's about checking in with our brothers and sisters and that's incredibly important so um you know finding even if it's one little time each day or something to do that um, we try to make it as easy as possible as far as with um the announcements and the post topics and things like that all prayer requests are have a topic sunday services have a topic wednesday evening have a topic you know so that way it can be really simple to find all of those things um, we post a study packet each week to go along with the service so that way you and your family those are meant to be broken up so that way you and your family children included right the kids can be watching if the kids have questions Brandon and Travis are just as available to them as they are to you. Um, age is not a requirement to, to take up their time. Um, but those study packets are there so that way every day as a family, you can be going back over these scriptures, discussing them, even if it's over dinner, you know, being able to look at, you know, these things that he's taught on throughout Sunday and then be able to break it down, discuss these things, ask questions, dig deeper, because um, we don't want to just, you know, read so we can check off and say, hey, we, you know, read through all of Matthew as a church. No, we're studying through Matthew as a church, you know, or whatever. Right. So those are all there, you know, for you all. I want to uh, remind everybody to um, make sure you, uh, if you're watching this like later on and everything, make sure you watch till the very, very end, because usually towards the very, very end. And I wanted to remember to say this in the beginning. That's why I'm saying this now. Um, but uh, make sure you watch towards the very end because usually at the very end, obviously we have the, the question and answers, but then I'll always remember something that I forgot to say at the very end. So just make sure at least you listen to the, even, even if I ramble for a minute, maybe pass, fast forward it, but just make sure because sometimes something will either pop up or pop into my head. So I wanted to make sure and mention that too, though. Um, and then sometimes Heidi will even remember something that we were supposed to say or do or something. Every once in a while. Every once in a while it'll happen. So make sure you stay for that. Um, let's see, I guess I'll go ahead and just uh, open us up in prayer. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to talk, before we get started, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, this week and, and kind of just play off of what Heidi was just saying a little bit more. So we'll open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to speak to your people. Father, I ask that you just give me the words to speak to them. Father, please let nothing come from me but everything from you. 
Father, please give your people ears, hearts, just readiness to be able to receive what you have, Father. Father, we know as we see the world playing out just like you said it would, we know that now is of the utmost importance to get our lives right and to be able to present ourselves holy and ready for you. Lord, again, we thank you so much for this opportunity. May you receive all the glory, Lord. In your heavenly and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Good news. I think I got the cricket. I'm pretty sure I got it. So it it's going to prove me a liar here in a minute. Watch. Okay. So, um, playing off just what Heidi was saying about, um, you know, checking in on the church and, and doing all that stuff. Um, this week I had posted a thing and Heidi brought it to my attention and I was like, um, she goes, ah, it seemed you, I was like, man, I didn't mean to seem like I was angry. I wasn't really angry. Um, I was just like, you know, I was just saying, I was like, you know, Hey, um, nobody responded to it. Hopefully everybody's having a better day today. Cause obviously, uh, the, the day before everybody was, it was too busy or something happened or, um, or everybody was just too blessed to say anything. So, but I, I, I really wasn't And Heidi goes, well, you kind of seem like, you know, it just kind of seemed like, and I was like, yeah, I guess I could, I could kind of see, uh, how it came across like that. But then I was like, well, you know what? Good. I was like, good. They need it. What are we doing here? All right. I mean, what, seriously, what are we doing? First of all, if you're here, the Lord brought you here. You didn't just come here to investigate something yourself. Yes, absolutely. You made the decision. You may have found the, but the Lord ultimately brought you here for whatever reason. It may be here to, to, to come here and be like, okay, this isn't for me. I'm not there, or, you know, or there yet or, or wherever else. Um, he brought you here for a reason. Okay. So if he's bringing his people together like this, is it not our responsibility, regardless of whether we're in person or not, to, to check on each other, to be praying for each other, to be encouraging one another? Absolutely. And we have this, you know, after COVID and, and church went online and all of this became valid, we have this great opportunity to be able to reach people online. And fortunately enough, we've recently, we've had you all as a physical body here. I wish that it could be every single week. I really, really do. And it can't. And I know everybody schedules and I know all the excuse, but at the same time, we make time for this and we, and, and we, we make time for each other. You will make time for who you want to make time for. So it's important for us too, and we know that we're a body of like-minded believers. We're all struggling and suffering and know the same things. We are all striving towards the same exact goal, and that goal is to be face-to-face -face with Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal. 
That's what we're all pushing through. We're pushing through all this muck to get to that. So if we're, and I mean, this is, this is all of us. This isn't just one of us. And if there, if anything finally stirring you guys up and shaking you up a little bit, come to find out a lot of you really needed prayer and things were going horrible. Like what kind of sense does that make not to say anything? I know it's difficult, but come on. Sherry did a live a few weeks ago, or not weeks. It was, it was months ago where she, she talked about removing the inhibition, the, 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 that apprehensive nature that we have about us and just saying, give yourself up because we're a body of like-minded believers and nobody's playing games here. So give it up. Your thoughts, who cares what? Nobody thinks that this is real. Nobody, even if this was a physical body, most people still don't think what you're doing is real and think you're crazy. So what, how different is that from your online friends? It's not. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not at all. I'm not saying to, to supplement or, or to change. And I have always been encouraging if you have a local pastor, if you have a local church body, be in it, be active. We have always done that. And if you're here and do both and you're, you're part of two church bodies, God bless you and thank you. And we have many of those families, many of them. We have ones that are, we are their only church. Okay, but then we have ones that um, are, are fully members of, of other churches and they just come here uh, to get fed further. And praise God for that. I mean, it, it doesn't matter to me, but, you know, it, it just matters that we're active. And the first thing is, well, I stay off Facebook. I do. Okay. But think about this. If you're going to go into a church building, you would go inside of the building, right? So, I mean, it's the same idea of, hey, let me go to do this. And if you can't just pick up your phone to go check on the church group, then that's a self-control problem. That's not, that's not a, your phone's problem. That's a, that's a self-control. If you're not there yet and you need work, I'll, you know, I, I give you grace. And of course do that, get that self-control or create an account where you have only your church friends, those crazy people. Those crazy people that you can come and talk to and actually know because we we all are craving the same thing. It seems like every time I talk to each one of you, it's like, I just wish that I had somebody here. I wish that you guys were here. I wish that I had somebody here like that. And yes, and, and some people have that and praise God. Uh, for those of you who, who don't have that ultimate support body, that's where, that's the void that, that, that this ministry seeks to fill. So that, that's all it was. And we, we need to, I need to be better, better. I'm preaching to the choir as well. And, and Carrie posted a beautiful post, uh, shaking you guys up too. She said the same things. Um, it was just, you know, we, we are, we're a body and we're, you know, so many people have, have grown so much from this ministry and by nothing of our own doing, it's solely by putting focus back on Christ and back on scripture and, and actually living the lives that we're supposed to live. Um, 
you know, not legalistically, obviously, as we're going to get in here to our study a little bit, but, you know, we, we, we live it and, and we are, we're, if it seems too good to be true, it's not, this is, it's from the Lord. So I thank all of you though, who have, you know, been there and, and we understand there's, there's obviously reasons and, and different things that, that, you know, are completely understandable. And that's not what we're saying. And nobody should feel like they should, should be sorry or have an excuse. I mean, it's not, it's not about us. You don't, Heidi and I don't need an apology. It's not, it's not about us. We don't care if you don't like us, if you don't want to come to you, that's fine. But it's, a, it's about the Lord. It's about him and we in in seeing people and and seeing, um, you know, others go off and, and just not being able to come and have that 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 support together. Um, you know, I mean, that's just that's just really concerning. Um, <clears throat> so you you'd be really surprised what coming together and 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 asking for prayer and 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 doing this and and communicating you know, what this can actually do. And it can, it can, it can, there, there is strength in numbers and absolutely the, the Lord answers prayers. And, and, you know, we just, like I said, I, I, I'm at the risk of, of mumbling on too much longer. We just really need to be the body despite of everything going on. And that means even the people that think your online friends are crazy, whether that's your spouse, whether that's just, we have to get over it. Um, and, and the second part of about it, like I said, is I, I wasn't upset in any me, you know, in any way. It's never been about numbers. It's never been out about hurt feelings, thinking that, oh, darn, just because they, you know, no, it's, it's not about that. Um, it's, it's honestly a, a troublesome feeling in my heart. And then when I finally reach out and have to, you know, strangle it out of you, come to find out my worst fears were true. And that there's many of you that are suffering and any of you that, that need talking through it and need help and, and need other people to encourage you as well. And like Carrie said, that's where each one of you steps in and you start communicating with each other and you start picking up and filling up the blocks. Uh, Tiffany, she just messaged me this morning, um, just relative to that, just picking up these blocks and reaching out to other people and, and, and helping them. And I still see a lot of you guys do that. You guys still do that. It's not that uh, you guys don't, but we, there can never be enough of that, especially right now. Um, it's not just you that's going through a hard time. It's the world. It's creation is groaning. That's the reality of it. Um, Jesus is coming soon. We don't know the day or hour, but we know that the Lord is coming and the conditions of the world are progressing. As I said in the prayer, the exact way that the Lord said that they would. And how long that goes on is, is the mystery of all time. We don't know. But we, like, like the Galilean wedding um, video I posted earlier this week on the group, we are a bride adorned for her husband, ready 
for the Lord. And that means fully dedicated and ready, no matter what happens, ready to drop everything in living our lives as such. And we, we really just kind of, um, you know, we, we, we mind our, our, the things that we do, we mind our steps and the time that we take on things, uh, and even the people that are around us. Uh, if you notice there that only bridesmaids are around the bride at the time. So if you notice that, that's your body, that's your body, that's your people. That's the church. These are who people who are surround you are also dressed and ready to go. That's, that's where the being dressed and ready to go is the most important, uh, you know, aspect of, I think that whole documentary, if you haven't seen it, go back and, and, and look, I, uh, I tagged it to the top of the group as an announcement and how this will assist with our Matthew study and understand understanding this kingdom and this coming kingdom and this idea uh, of, of how this relates. So make sure you go and uh, check that out. And uh, I also posted a article along with that that was in the comment section that has, uh, it was done, it was written off of that document or the, uh, the, I guess you would call it a documentary, uh, off the documentary. Uh, and it was done very, very well. He broke it down very simple. So if you guys need, you know, a visual along with that, that's already, that has the verses and it has the references to everything, uh, that article in the comment section for that will definitely, uh, help you for that. So make sure to check that out. Heidi said that, um, she will get the study packet up. It's a, it's a fairly short study packet this week. Um, because we're, we're getting into just some obvious um, teachings that, that really don't, that go really, really deep in some ways, but um, we don't have to overthink uh, in other ways. So I think that's why the, the content isn't as normal. I think we probably will have like, it would be a total of one page of, of uh, study packet this week, as opposed to normally our like six or 12 or whatever ridiculous number that we usually have. So, okay. So it's like 20. Okay. So usually it's 20. Um, but it's, it's very straightforward and it's, um, it's, it's a very, very good article. It's written by, or the, the breakdown that I gave you guys. And I guess I'll, I'll say this now too. Um, there, a lot of people ask me like favorite commentaries of different things. There is, I have commentaries, free online commentaries um, from different people that I love. So if you're interested in, in a different uh, commentary, let me know. Um, I, I know a lot of people like to have the, the, you know, the paper Bibles or the paper commentary, whatever. Um, but if you, if you don't mind having um, the, the, just the internet version of it, I have plenty of them. And one of my favorites um, is by a gentleman by the name of John Valvred. And he, uh, he was a dispensational teacher, uh, professor of 
Dallas Theological Seminary, uh, but he's a dispensational teacher and he was teaching dispensationalism, as I was telling Heidi before, um, in this, the, this, this teaching, this way of teaching in 1943, which is actually uh, right before Israel in 1948 became a state. So it's, it's teaching this and dispensationalism is, is very heavy. And if that, if that word confuses you, um, we, this is the teaching that the Lord's people is Israel and they still have a place, uh, in, in the foundation of everything. And, uh, the belief that the Lord will regather his people back to the land of Israel again, which has occurred and which did occur and, and officially being labeled as a Jewish state again in 1948. So must've been amazing for him to see, uh, teaching something since 1943. And then that actually happening in 48, um, that definitely confirmed his, his belief and his teaching for the rest of his life. That's for sure. Um, but he's got a, um, he's got a online commentary for, you can get it from his website for free where he goes through the book of, um, much of the new Testament. Um, so it's, it's very, very helpful. Um, and like I said, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite teachers of all time. Um, going into this week, let's go ahead. We're going to get into Matthew 20 this week. Matthew 20 and we're getting into the real stuff now. We're getting into this exciting stuff for me. I love, I, I, man, if there's one thing that I love, it's, it's the idea of Christ as King and he, it's not the idea. It's, it's truth. Um, and what I, like I said, I know we've had a couple new people here. Um, so if, if some of this sounds foreign, please, uh, go back and go through our, our Matthew studies. I explain a lot of it. And if you have any questions, feel free to, to get a hold of me. But this, this kingdom, this, this kingdom is, we'll, we'll go into read that Jesus is a king. And the Jews at the time were expecting a king. We've seen this all throughout the book of Matthew, just in, and we'll see this in today too, that they were expecting this Messiah, this, this, this expectation came from the Old Testament prophets that prophesied in Daniel specifically that this Messiah would come up and set up this kingdom in the midst of all of these kingdoms, one being the Roman kingdom. So they, they, they were expecting this king to come and just to become king of the earth, king of the world, king of the earth. Here he is. Here's the Messiah, uh, the, the promised Messiah from the Lord. And a lot of people and a lot of churches will teach that, okay, that, that was true. And he did that. And, and he came and he brought this kingdom and that's not the truth. Um, he did not, he, he absolutely is king and he absolutely, this kingdom is his. Uh, but this kingdom that the disciples were expecting and this that we're talking about, he did not bring. Uh, it's, it's very evident around us. 
because it would be a lot better and Jesus would be king of the world in Jerusalem if that were the case. Uh, and we'd be in perfected bodies just like his. Um, so that, that's definitely not the case. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways that, that people explain this, but I think uh, the, the easiest way to do it is just to understand this as a postponement. He says that, okay, this kingdom that you all are expecting says it's, it's coming, but it's not coming right now. And I've got a whole bunch of stuff that we've got to work on before that age comes. Because you don't just get to skate on into this kingdom. And that's where now we're getting into the real stuff here is we're getting into chapter 20 because we're getting to the part where the king is marching to the cross. And this is a nuclear bomb explosion in the disciples' heads of their expectations. Okay, this is, remember, this is not all new information. Okay, this, this, this whole coming kingdom information is not new information. It was just that the Messiah, the, the, the disciples did not understand the full revelation of the prophecies, nor did the prophets understand how this was going to happen. That's why there's this, there's a, in the, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah is, is more evident that we see this conquering king, but humble servant. And so it's, it's weird, you know, they, they weren't really sure how both of these could come at the same, how did this work? So this idea wasn't completely new, but they expected the Messiah, they still took to the belief that the Messiah was going to come as conquering king and, and bring it in. But Jesus comes to explain the whole suffering servant aspect of it. Okay. He comes to explain to them that entrance to this kingdom does not come by the letter of the law, which the disciples, like I said, they thought because they were Jews, because the Messiah had come to them, they thought they were special. They're like, we're just going to skate on in and become kings with, with the Messiah. We're just right. We just go. We're going to do this. Sweetie's here. And now getting into Matthew 20 here, we're on our way to Jerusalem. And that's why Jesus begins to say these things is because he knows. He knows that they think he's going to go and sit on the throne, they still are confused. They still know that this, this trip probably isn't going to be a good, good trip for some reason, but they don't completely understand. But he knows that they think that he's going to come and slap down Rome and he's going to institute this kingdom. So he kind of slaps down their expectations with a third prediction out of four in the book of Matthew here. The, the third out of four times that he predicts his death and resurrection. So he, he predicts that and then explains this postponed kingdom age here. 
And then again, for, for those of you that may be new that are watching it, we've had a few more new people this week. This is definitely going to be a lot different than, than your little sermons that you hear. It, it, it more, you know, the church, most of the churches out there now, um, aren't teaching this They'll They'll put some fancy meaning behind the, this chapter of the, this is what's known as the parable of the vineyard. Um, and they'll put lots of really fancy little fluff onto this. But when, once you remove all that and we actually want to read what the Bible says, we can, we can learn a whole lot from it and how, how this, this age here in between, in between, in between the two comings of Christ, how this works and how this plays out and how it is much different. And it requires humility as opposed to works and self-righteousness and all these things. This kingdom entrance to this kingdom requires humility. It's not, it's not by the letter of the law and all these works that you've done. It requires humility and becoming a servant and doing these things first. That'll roll us into our first section here, because this, this chapter, Matthew 20 here, is broken up into three main sections. Uh, we have the laborers in the field, which is the parable of the vineyard. Uh, and then we have the third prediction of Jesus' death, and then um, a, a mother's request, which we'll get into. So let's go ahead and read the first section here, uh, the laborers in the field. And then we'll break it down. So I promise I won't stop this time. My brother made fun of me last time. He's like, you could not, you didn't. Last time you said that you were going to make it through the whole section and you didn't, you stopped at the first verse. And I was like, yeah, I should have said, yeah, but except for the first section, because <laughs> except for the first verse, because I needed to stop right there. Uh, so this time I promise I'll, I'll make it through verses one to 16 here in our first section. All right. Verse one. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them in into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give to you. Whatever is right, remember that. Verse five, so they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing. And as he, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, the last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, 
Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. I did it. So proud of me. All right. All right, guys. Let's dive into this in verse one here. Notice he says they're going up to Jerusalem, as I said. So he's kind of, uh, he's got this urgency of these teachings that he, he, he's telling them. And he's explaining to them this, this, this intermittent age. So notice he says in verse one here, he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like, okay, he doesn't say that this is how it's going to be built or it's here now or anything like this. No, this does not mean that the kingdom is here now. This means that the kingdom, this is how the kingdom postponement age works. Okay. So he is, he is giving an explanation, an example of what this is. Okay. Ultimately, ultimately here, the whole point of this parable is wrapped up in verse 14, which I'll show you here in just a minute. But I wanted to, to let you guys uh, into it. There's, there's about, there's one main point in this whole parable. Actually, we'll go ahead and just go ahead and just read it, read it for you now. Let's go down to verse 14. When he says, take what belongs to you and go, I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Okay, so I choose to give. That is the whole point of this parable. God's grace and generosity knows no bounds. And man's idea of merit and earned rewards are especially irrelevant. They, they, it does not matter. That's the whole point of this parable. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of different interpretations, I think, uh, that can be read into this. I think that this can also represent the, and I didn't find any commentary on this. So this is definitely one of the things that I, I studied into it is this also can represent the idea of the church and Israel on, on why the, the blessings have, have, of, of, the, the knowledge of the savior and why, you know, all of these things have been revealed and we have that to the Gentiles during this, this period, because that was a, that was the mystery of it. You know, I, I think that's where we have a preview of Jesus saying, well, Hey, look, this is, it's, I choose to give this to who I please. And there is no order in this. There's ultimately no order in this and it doesn't matter time spent or whatever else. So, wanted to go here. Um, a, a denarius, first of all, for the laborers of that day, that was that was about a, a normal day's wage for a laborer. So, the point of the parable here, when it, when we're getting into God's grace and everything too, is we we can see it doesn't matter the 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 time served. 
because we have going out about the third hour in verse three here that the third hour was about 9 a.m. So the workday was typically divided into four three hour parts and it started at 6 a.m. and it ran till 6 p.m. So the third hour they would, you know, they, they would, there would be different times that you would go out like and find labor. So like, I think of today, like how <laughs> people are going to laugh, but I think how, like, especially where I'm from in California, um, you would go to home Depot and Lowe's and, and you in the morning and there would be workers at home Depot and Lowe's waiting for work early in the morning and people would go and they'd straight up hire anymore. Thanks, Trump. You can't do that. But anymore, you can't do that. Um, but that's exactly like um, um, what what it kind of was here. I, you know, I mean, it was it was obviously a different time then, a completely different context. Um, they they were not illegal, but they they uh, they definitely were workers. So that's that's where we kind of compare it to. But it was it was divided up into that. So the third hour goes out. He saw. He saw them standing there in the marketplace, so he hired them. But the agreement was here in verse 4, if we notice, he says, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give to you. So the, the agreement for, is for whatever was right. So at 9 a.m., he went out to go get more workers. There was already some there still at 6 that started at 6 in the morning. But at 9, he went out to give. But the agreement was, I will give you what is right. So that, that is, that's a key point in this because what is right is God's grace, and he can do whatever he wants. And there should be no grumbling about this, only humility, because it does not matter. Our works, our time spent, nothing. Because he goes on in verse 5 to say, so they went going out again about the sixth hour, which is at 12 noon. And the ninth hour, which is about 3 o'clock, it is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He did the same. And about the eleventh hour, in verse 6, which is 5 p.m., that's an hour left. He went out at the 11th hour. That's where we get the, if you ever heard the expression, 11th hour. Um, he went out at the 11th hour, the last hour, to find more workers. He went out and found others standing there, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? In verse 7, they said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, go into the vineyard too. Then in, And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. So at 10 now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more because they, they were hired first, but each of them also received a denarius. Another point to, to note here is that Christ isn't teaching a lesson on economics here. He, this, is, this is not what he's saying. Obviously. Versal. Yeah, yeah, pay all of your workers to 
communism? Yeah, he's not advocating for communism here. In verse 11, and on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house. Notice that, the master of the house. They grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. We should be grateful, not envious, if we are permitted to work that long for the Lord. Somebody getting mad saying that, look, we've worked our whole lives for, for the Lord and we've done all this and that's what these workers were saying. They're like, what? We've been here since 6 a.m. But as opposed to being grateful for having a job and being able to work that hard for the master, they grumbled. So if we are permitted to work long and hard for the Lord, we should leave rewards and everything else to judgment and not worry about these things. But how is it that we see somebody come to Christ, you know, like sooner, you know, I can think of an example uh, here in my own home, <laughs> but you know, we see somebody that has gone through this whole sinful life and it took them forever to get it. But finally they got it. And if that, if something happened now, that person would forever be with the Lord just as much as Billy Graham that just died a few years ago in, or R.C. Sproul or, or whoever else died and went to be with the Lord just as they are. And guess what? Billy Graham's works, David's works, and nobody's no nobody what they did on this earth, it it doesn't matter at the end of the day. That has no merit on God's grace. What's our no 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 share with God's grace at all? It does not matter. Listen, so no getting all mad that some came to Christ on their deathbed. Exactly. But we should realize that it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter how many works that we produce or how big the ministry is or, or whatever else it should be. It, we should be grateful for being able to work and serve the Lord. Like I said, we can you we because this is Matthew and because of the context that he was in or that this was in, I truly believe that this is about the Gentiles' inclusion to the kingdom. And oddly enough, I could not find if any of you have commentary on it that says I don't know what I said I didn't, but I looked through all the commentaries that I have, I didn't look through in the MacArthur Bible because Matthew is is a book that me and MacArthur disagree on on a, uh, on a few things, um, but um, you know I, I really see this as representing the inclusion of the Gentiles here, and specifically to his audience. We see that even Peter later on in Acts had a hard time with realizing that this gospel was going to the Gentiles and that this this whole inclusion thing, like that he, he had a real real rough time with it. And, you know, it, it, these, these faithful Jews that have remained faithful all throughout the beginning of, of time up until this point, you know, um, 
what do you mean you're including the Gentiles and they're going to take, they're going to be in the king. What, what do you mean all of this? Um, I, you know, I think that's, that's also what Christ is also paralleling here when he's, he's, he's giving this parable, but the, the, the main takeaway that we, we need to get from this is that the point of the whole thing is we go back that in verse 14 to what we read Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to you, or I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. So it's that I choose to give. It's God's grace and generosity knows no bounds. Okay, our idea of earned earned re rewards and our righteousness, it will, it's it's never good enough and it does not matter. And we should be thankful that we are able to serve the Lord. Um, actually, the whole parable, parable of the vineyard. Um, there's, there's been some, the, there's been some really nutty commentaries out there for, but more on a dispensational approach to it. Uh, more so on the the fact of if anybody see if anybody else has seen any similarities um, with the inclusion of the Gentiles into the kingdom, um, and, and and perhaps the perhaps Israel being a little burn at that why like i said even peter kind of had this um this aversion in in acts to the gospel this was i mean and this was we have to to understand too that this was very very surprising uh like it's not not just this these teachings but the fact that this could include gentiles in the way that it did um, was mind blowing to them, and they they clearly could not understand these things. But let's go over verse fifteen again, because verse fifteen, I think, you know, we seal it off here when Lord says, "Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity?" So the last will be first and the first last. You know, we do not begrudge his generosity. Remember that he's allowed to do whatever he chooses, whatever belongs to him. So we always remember that God gives grace to who he will. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, everybody. How's the sound? Are we still okay? Yep. Man down. Is the audio still okay? I want to make sure it's okay before I keep going. It popped out of the phone. Okay, cool. Mandy says it sounds good. Okay. All right, guys. Sorry about that again. Homey things. That's what happens when you're at, at home church. Um, all right. Let's get on. Uh, we're getting into our second section here. Yeah, big oof, buddy. We're getting into our section section. 
Okay, cool. Thank you, Annie. Uh, Jesus foretells his death a third time. So this is the third out of four times in this book. And we'll see as, as we, we read here in verse 17, Jesus begins to say these things because he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Pump the brakes on your expectations here, guys. Because you need to understand that this, this intermittent age is going to be done, is, is going to involve grace and it's going to require humility. So it's coming to the Lord in humility. So in verse 17, let's read what? Sorry, Toppy said it woke her up. Just kidding. It woke you up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was hard not to laugh. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, verse 17. And Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. As Je and as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside. And on the way, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will be condemned, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Right on 17 again, he says, And Jesus, and as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. So Matthew notates that in 17, saying as Jesus was going up because of that expectation of him coming in and becoming this mighty king. So he went and took the 12 aside in, in 17, at the end of 17 there and said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. Okay. There's a parallel account in the Gospels. There's, there's parallel accounts to these same stories that we read. And in this third prediction of Jesus' death, there's a parallel story. And, and a lot of times these stories or, or accounts give us more detail. In Luke, in Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18 adds a very interesting detail. So let's turn to Luke chapter 18. And I'm, we're going to read verses 31 through 34. And this is the parallel account of the same story in Luke. But he adds something that's very, very important. It's going to be, uh, again, 18 verses 31 through 34. So I'll start reading here in 31. And taking the twelve aside, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Okay, here's the, here's the very important detail that Luke adds to this. In verse 34, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. They still didn't understand this information. 
Now, we've had the question before, why wouldn't the disciples understand what he was saying? Or why wouldn't the prophets understand what they were saying? Nobody understood these things. The disciples especially didn't. Because they're going, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're supposed to be a king. How are you going to go and take the throne if you have to die? So they get really upset this whole, like, they get confused at that. And they literally, they, in all accounts, they forget the whole rise part. That whole rise from the dead part. But they get frustrated. They're like, wait a minute. I, okay, so he has to die. But we're going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to be a king. I don't know how this works. So there, when Luke says, but they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what it said. There's various reasons why the saying was hidden from them. Obviously, I mean, being in a completely de depraved state prior to, to Pentecost and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The ability to understand the Lord comes from the Lord. So the there, but there was a, a whole process that Jesus was still explaining to them. And this is the, this is the last course here of Jesus time on earth to, to tell them about what's going on and, and give them their mission until he returns. So the, the parallel accounts are always interesting and they don't, sometimes there's little discrepancies in them that when you're reading them, you're like, wait a minute, I thought this did this, but they're easily explained through understanding uh, uh, context, understanding different things. Uh, an example of that uh, I'll give you before we read it, but the, the blind bin that we're going to go into reading um, the, uh, there's, there's different accounts of the blind men in the different books or in the different gospels, um, that, that say different things. But the thing is, is one author was recording one thing and the other in focusing on one point, just like all, like all of us would do. If we, if there were four of us writing a story about the same thing, we would all have a, a different, a similar story, but definitely different and focusing on different things. And the Gospels are all like that. They, they certainly were all focused on different things. Luke had a different mission than Matthew did. Uh, Matthew had a different mission than Mark. Um, so, and John had a different, different mission as well. They were, they were all saying the same thing, but they all have vastly different reasonings and, and surroundings uh, for their Gospels. So they, they marry perfect with, with each other. They, they, they don't. They, they, there's no discrepancy there. Um, it's, it's only seeming discrepancies. Uh, there are some things that we, that we can't iron out completely, uh, but those are very, very small and they don't mean anything uh, when it comes to doctrinal issues. Um, but uh, it's very important to uh, get these little details of these other accounts. And that's one of those little things that I wanted to show. This is something that just blew their mind. Um, so it, it, it seemed that in between these passages that we read of this trip of Jesus, pulling them aside and saying, Hey, wait, going back into, to, to Matthew here, 
Jesus saying, hey, we're going up to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. Would this have been after he'd explained to them that all scripture is about him? No, that's going to be later on. We're going to get to that later on. But again, we're going to see here how a different approach pretty soon will we'll, we'll pursue a different result. These, these two blind men refer to him as the son of David. So they knew from prophecy who he was. Um, but it, again, this is, uh, I don't want to marry in my point too much here. But uh, we, we can understand and we can gather from what these accounts say that the disciples understood that something bad was going to happen, but they could not bring themselves to literally understand what Jesus was saying by this whole dying and, and, and resurrecting. And, and especially to the part where in verse 19, he says, wait, you're going to be delivered over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. What? That's, wow, that's different. And we can see here, continuing on and going into our next section here in verse 20, uh, we're getting to a mother's request. James and John's mother requests them to sit uh, next to the Lord in the kingdom. Why is she coming and running and rushing to ask this, this question? I mean, her sons are special and, and the mommy wants you know the best for her sons, of course, but at the same time, their expectation uh, they, they assumed that they were going up to Jerusalem for this kingdom. Uh, but Jesus, not only does he, he lightly, lightly rebukes this and uh, explains to them that, hey, no, uh, this kingdom age here, it's going to be a little bit different until it comes. And the entrance way of, of getting about this whole, you know, seeking honor in this kingdom, that, this isn't the right way to go about that. That's not how you get not in this kingdom. That's not how this kingdom works. It's actually upside down. So the guy that's that's the janitor in the bathroom is, is, is the one that's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So wanting to sit next to the Lord, you must be willing to humble yourself. So let's go in and to verse 20 here. I'll start reading. Um, we'll read through to 28. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came out, came up, to him with her sons and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am going to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers, but Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. 
even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay. So, she runs up the sons of Zebedee. Okay, this would be James and John. James and John's mom runs up seeking special favor in this kingdom. In verse 21, he asks, hey, what do you want? She says that these two sons of mine are to sit one on your right and one on your left in your kingdom. I want them exalted. I want, these are my boys. I'm, I'm very happy of them. And Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? I said, sure. Yeah, yeah. We are absolutely able. Um, yeah, there's some bad stuff going to happen, right? But we're able to. Then in verse 23, he said to them, you will drink my cup. This is also, this is a, 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 he's basically prophesying, telling them here that they will, they will suffer the same fate. He said to them that you will sure will drink from my cup, but to sit at the right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is those for whom it has been prepared by my father. Okay. Jesus earthly mission here was not to, to establish kingdom order. Okay. Jesus is not lessening himself. Okay. He's not, he's not pulling himself down here. This does not mean that, that, that Jesus doesn't have authority. This is not what he is saying here. Okay. A lot of people, this is one of those verses that, that people point to along with the, no man knows the day or hour, not even the sun. That's uh, the, the other verse that a lot of people point to there that say, well, see, Jesus is somehow lesser and he's a lesser being. No, we, that, that absolutely not true. So that, that's one of those. But that, this is not his focus of this, of this first, um, first thing here. Um, I looked over, I just saw, I, I saw that. So they knew the significance of drinking the cup. Not completely. No, not completely. Um, they didn't understand. They didn't completely understand the cup of suffering that they were going to have to. That's why they said, and they responded as, yes, we are. And he says, oh, you, you sure will. But the entrance, you know, th this kingdom is, uh, this, this is a completely different operation here. So he's explaining to them that, hey, you're, if this whole time, you're not just going to be able to, to skate right in. You're not going to be able to just, you know, Vince McMahon walk up into the kingdom. That, that's not how it works. We are to serve and see this is, it, it, it's not just by strolling in by our, 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 the fact that they were Jewish or the fact that they followed the law perfectly. As we saw the, you know, last week when we read in chapter uh, 19, we saw the, the rich man, the rich young ruler came and he's like, Hey, I followed the law perfectly. I did everything right. You know, but it's not about that. It's about becoming lower, becoming a servant, lowering yourself. So he says in this to her, this is a, you know, this is a gentle rebuke here. 
saying, obviously, you know, uh, of course, yes, you will indeed uh, drink this cup, and you 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 absolutely um, will suffer these things. But then he said to them in verse 25, but Jesus called them to him and said, so this is where he, he brings this, this teaching opportunity in. And of course, this is after the rest of the disciples got really mad at, at, the, at James and John and their mom because they tried to get some sort of special, special favor, some sort of, of, of step ahead in the kingdom. Um, you know, so the higher position in the kingdom. So everybody was like, whatever, just try to step on toes to get, get to the heights. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And verse 25, but Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 26, it shall not be among you. It shall not be so among you. He says, clearly, it's not the same way. It's not the same operation. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. So whoever is great among you must be your servant. He must serve. This is completely backwards of what the expectation is, especially in this time, right? Because the poised Pharisees and the very proud, the very, um, you know, they, 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 fulfilled the law perfectly. They did all the things. They went to church. They listened to the right radio station. We, we say the same thing all the time. This is exactly them. But it's a completely different entrance. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. In verse 28, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve, he gave us this first example. And he came as a servant, humbled himself, humiliated. I was thinking about this in verse 20. I was thinking about this before we even started today. And we do not understand the or, or think about i think enough the the depth of the creator of the universe becoming i mean just humbling himself into the form of a servant and coming down in the way of sinless flesh and becoming man and willingly suffer and 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 pay the price and be humiliated i just i mean it's just mind-blowing that that in no other religion and no other idea and no that is the ultimate form of service i mean this is number one it's the only way that we are able to be reconciled to god but number two it's just the most uncomprehendable thing that we could ever think of that the creator of the i mean there's so we think that we're so big, but yet, you know, once you get outside of the atmosphere of our earth and into space and out looking in, we're so tiny. And yes, we're exclusive because we have life, but you don't think that God's the author of life. And the fact that we are so tiny and so I mean, that's just mind blowing that he that that he this this sacrifice is just 
far beyond anything that that is is we are able to comprehend and um just obviously so appreciative appreciative of it and live by it so even the son of man the son of man like that's just that's that title in itself this is the author of life saying this this is the the designer the creator this you know that that was there in genesis serving people it's just yeah he just can't and to give his life as ransom for many want us to notice here the again the different response because once we ever go to these kingdom expectations, right? And Jesus goes to explaining this, this kingdom age and this, this time of grace. And, and there's always this expectation that we're just going to, we're just going to just skate in and everything's going to be easy and it, it's just going to be fine. He says, no, no, no. And then he uses it to make an example, just like he did with uh, James and John's mother. But here we always see afterwards humility and what it takes. And Jesus responding to that humility. So he doesn't leave us without this, this, this idea of exactly what it is that he's talking about. Let's go to our last section here of the Jesus healing the two blind men, verses 29 through 34, starting in 29. And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they heard, they heard Jesus was passing by. They cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Two blind men, but look what they did. Jesus passing by, they cried out, Lord, acknowledged who he was. Just like the rich young ruler, right? Last week, he said, teacher, rabbi. These two blind men cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. I know I'm a sinner, recognizing our own spiritual depravity. They recognize their own spiritual depravity. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Acknowledged who he was. Verse 31, the crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. They cried out all the more. Okay, verse 32, in stopping, Jesus called to them and said, what do you want me to do for you? See the contrast of James' mom, right? She goes, hey, I want this. And you just go, whoa, 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 whoa. It's about humility. But look at the, 
the answer that he gives here. What do you want me to do for you? Only after they called on his name and recognized who he was. What do you want me to do for you? They recognized their own emptiness, their own need for a savior. Verse 33, they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. They want to see. Did they ask for, did they ask for entrance in, 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 you know, royalty in the kingdom? No, they wanted to see, they wanted to understand. They wanted to hum humble themselves. I was going to say humiliate. I caught myself. Wanted to humble themselves. Look at in verse 34. And Jesus in pity. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes. And immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. So it does not matter Your merit, what you've done, what you think you've accomplished. It's about humility. Those who come to him in humility will be exalted. We constantly worry all the time. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have this, this great ministry. I didn't witness to, to 10 people today. I didn't say, I didn't do all these things. And we become these do, 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 do Christians. And all the time forgetting that we can do none of this on our own. We cannot get to our intended goal on our own. We can't rely on the things that we do on our own and our empty works and our empty attempts at it. We must rely on him. And that's what about this whole age is all about. This whole time we find ourselves in this age right now that we see of course, there's the, the rich, the powerful, the, 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 the church, the quote-unquote church, especially in this country. We have a perfect example of it. Because we have this, oh, God bless America and, and all of these things over our country and how great we are and how you know, we are exalted and hey, we're, we're all one under God and, and yay, go us. And we're so excited and so happy. That's, that's not how we're supposed to, that's not how we're supposed to get to where we're going. And that's, that's not what the Lord commands us to do, period. The Lord commands us to become servants and to come in humility and serve one another. What do we just read in verse 28? Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. That was our greatest example was to serve. The most important part of this, though, is that this kingdom is coming. 
it didn't come as the disciples expected it. It needed time to, it needed time to be ready to grow. The body of Christ needed to grow. We're getting closer and closer to this kingdom. How do we know that? Honestly, because what is going on in the world right now, specifically, a lot of you have seen the news on these Abraham Accords, because I know a lot of you have asked a question about peace and everything else. Do you know that Israel sees themselves? I sent an article to Heidi this morning. Did you know that the nation of Israel right now sees themselves as fulfilling Bible prophecy because they're back in the land? And because the, the, they're seeing these peace accords as the Lord's blessing on Israel? They believe this stuff. And people go, oh, this is crazy. No, they, they, they believe that they are fulfilling Bible prophecy. They sure are. I mean, not 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 directly to to exactly the details that we have in there yet, because that's up to the Lord uh, to iron out. But the fact that they, the nation of Israel has been back, gathered back into the land is not something that you that we can ignore. This is something that we have to understand is is so important in our in our our belief in our view, because this this regathering and this promise to the Lord is not done with them. This kingdom that the disciples and, and that Jesus speaks of and that was coming is coming. He, he will come and take his throne. We know, and we'll get into it after, after this, when we go through our upper room discourse, but we know that the Lord is coming to receive his church before this. But our eyes, for as far as us believers right now, we understand and we go and we look and we understand what's going on in the nation of Israel. We know that the Lord has brought these people back to their land to be able to bring them back into judgment. They're welcome and able to come to Christ during this period. But he's also promised that he would save a remnant of his people. And he would, he would have these people go into this kingdom that Jesus is speaking of. So these things that we see now, we see all of the more importance to not get super crazy prophecy and make our, 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 our timelines and sit in our white robes and pray for Jesus on our, on top of our robes and pray for Jesus return and, and just like not do anything until the rapture. No, we serve just as the son of man came to be served because we've been instructed on what to do during this time period. We've been instructed perfectly. He gave a whole bunch of parables on how this is going to work that we just went through. We just went through the whole labor in the vineyard thing. Hey, he can do whatever he wants. Um, we, we just learned that, hey, it's not, not about, um, you know, how hard, how long, how your empty righteousness, all this stuff, how that works. No, sir, it's the Lord. So having our, our humility and understanding that uh, of that is of utmost importance. And, and like I said, an understanding that this, this kingdom, he's, he's marching to the cross here in Jerusalem. This is his first time. The next time he comes into Jerusalem again will be the last time. 
and that is what we all are looking forward to is this coming kingdom that he speaks of amen let's close in prayer heavenly father we love you we thank you so much for your word this morning father father we thank you for the promise of your kingdom lord father most of all we thank you for your sacrifice our ability to even be reconciled to you lord we thank you father again i thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to speak to your people father our little church body here has really really been struggling as of late father just personally with all sorts of problems father whether it be sick children there would be financial issues or whatever it may be father i ask that you just comfort them i lift all of them up to you now father i ask that you just bless them comfort them let your will be done in their lives father Father, may we continue to purify ourselves and get ready for your soon return. We love you in your heavenly and precious name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Questions? Did I have any while we were going? Okay. One thing I wanted to say now that I've got everybody here before everybody takes off, I did. I wanted to say again, thank you to all of you for the for everything. Um, if you're new here and and you're not really familiar with with everything, um, this ministry solely survives. Um, from the the Lord has provided me the ability to be able to do this through the church um from the support of the church from the this is how this is what we do full-time is we do full-time ministry and the lord has definitely blessed us and we cannot thank all of you enough for your continued support um you truly all have stepped up in so many different ways whether it be uh, helping those in the church in need um, and also keeping the, um, keeping the lights and the, and the things that we need here on, um, I can't thank you all enough. Um, again, like I said, for those of you that are new this, we completely live off of faith. This is what we do full time. So we just, we thank you so much for that. And, uh, I know that, uh, Eric Ravi, um, we have Eric who is over in Kenya. We have Ravi who is over in India. Um, we have been um, able to to support and help them uh, in the Lord as well, too. So the Lord has given us, I just, I don't know. It, it's so, it's so, hum, you know, humbling. It, it really is. Um, and as far as learning humility, just as we talked of um, this, I think over this past year, I have learned to be humble in so many different ways. Um, and I'm continuing to learn it and I can even continue to do better. Uh, but my gosh, so many times that I have just been, um, speechless, uh, for the way that, um, 
the Lord has blessed us in the way that you all have responded. So I wanted to, to thank you all for that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I don't think there was anything else that I wanted to say personally, other than I said what I said in the beginning with the, um, with the post that I did with, uh, trying to get everybody to interact and stuff. Um, so remind everybody again that Tuesday at 7 PM, we have testimony Tuesday. this. Week. Yes. Testimony Tuesday, this Tuesday at 7 PM, my brother's going to do it again. We want to remind you that these testimonies are uncensored, um, in the way of we, we don't ask anybody to withhold any details that they feel the Lord wants them to share with the church. So, uh, sensitive ears, if you know, um, I think it's, it's beneficial to many people, um, but sensitive ears beware. So if you, you have headphones or something that would, my, um, Mike's testimony might, might need it. <laughs> okay. Do we know or have any idea who might be sitting at the right hand of God? Oh goodness. Um, I think I did. Yeah. No. Um, you know, a, a lot of people will say David because he reigns with Christ during the, and that's not true because, um, it, again, it's not about your merit or what you did here. There was nothing inherently special about David. He was a man. Um, so no, there is not, there was, there's obviously we have, um, in our revelation study will go. And I know we made the, the references a couple of weeks ago of sitting on the 12 uh, thrones, dredging the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, yes, absolutely. The disciples for being martyred for Christ and for their, 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 their work with Christ, they absolutely will be recognized and exalted in the kingdom. Um, but not because of, again, because of their own works, because of the grace of Christ. So as, as far as the answer is who sit next to him, nobody, um, he doesn't need anybody to sit next to him. Um, but as far as that goes, um, the, as far as the, the answer to your question, no, many people do say they, they have different ideas and different things like that, but those, um, those are just wrong. Um, that's not me being dogmatic. That's me being, um, just, just scriptural about it because there's, there's no order in the kingdom in that way. Not related directly to today's study, but do you all have a resource that visually shows Christ's travel steps during his ministry, kind of showing the cities he visited, preached? I have a really cool one. Go ahead, continue reading, if I can find it. And for Testimony Tuesday, as far as I know, it is just Mike. Yes, as far as Testimony Tuesday, unless anybody else pops on, it's just Mike as far as we know. So be praying for him. So be praying for him. I'm, we're praying for him too. And Mike, I'm warning you, just like I warn everybody else that, do their test, that did their testimony, whenever you do your testimony, whenever you put yourself out there like that, for, uh, that's just, you, you open yourself up for the enemy to just, uh, just give you an onslaught of attacks. Um, that's not a bad thing. That's just a thing to be aw you know, aware of. Because every every little thing will try to rip you down and try to tear you apart, and it you'll you'll even look there and you'll be like, oh my gosh, is like life messing with me right now? And you'll be like, yes, it is. It certainly is, absolutely is. And anytime that you make a strong stand for Christ like that, expect it, expect it. It will happen. The you will be hated for the name of Christ, for proclaiming the name of Christ. That's what the you know. I mean, you have to understand that these apostles went in and they they went into these synagogues and even said the name of Jesus, and they were thrown out. They were beaten. 
Paul was beaten a lot just for the name, just for the name. So don't expect anything less um, in, in your own life. I mean, expect, you know, being physically beaten. Um, that's where I guess that's where we in America here, we have a disadvantage. Most of you would say that we have an advantage. I call it a disadvantage because, um, you know, um, I don't, and I don't want to seem morbid. I don't think everybody needs to get, get beaten for their faith, but the Lord absolutely promised that it could happen. So we all should be prepared to, to, to suffer in that way. Uh, if, if it, if it so happened, but knowingly that we have all, all protection and comfort in the Lord and that everything will eternal life in the Lord. So really what can man do to us? Man can do nothing. He can just kill us and then the Lord can bring us back. So yes, I do have a resource. Um, let me find it though. Um, and it actually taught Tachi. It comes with an audio resource too. It comes with like some teachings on it, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a long one. It, that won't be any surprise to you, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, because uh, his his um, te his ministry was interesting in, in the different towns that he covered and the different areas that he went. Um, some people think that he went really far into to Gentile territory, but. Um, he, he really didn't go that far north. So I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll leave that, that for the, uh, the resource. Um, any other questions? I have posted the study packet. So it is in the group, you guys, for chapter 20. Yeah. Sherry, Sherry knows all about, um, saying, I think she was, are you, Sherry, I think you were talking about the uh, testimonies, right? No, we need more meet and greets. Oh, meet and greets, yeah. Tell them what a meet and greet is, because I think it's been a while. Since okay, so the meet and greets in the church. And they're all tagged. You can go see them if you look. Okay, basically, we just do, you come on to the group and do a live, and you you talk to us with your family. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, introduce yourself. Um, it's it's like a Zoom call or like everything else. That's the, after COVID, the Zoom calls and the Facebook, this has become more common for, for people. And I think people are able to um, kind of get over a little of thinking that it's weird and talking to people on through a phone. And it is weird. I mean, it, there's still little weird things about it. We all feel like, like back to the future when he's like talking to the dude on the screen, I think, but it's a cool opportunity. That's the way that it is. And that goes back to the beginning um, when I said that, you know, we're the body of Christ. So it doesn't matter what your little, you know, what you're, what you think about it or what, how you feel or how somebody else feels about it. Um, these are other people that are, that are like-minded believers uh, along with you and we're commanded by the Lord to, to lift each other up and to, to be there for one another and to glorify him. Most of all, that is what we are here to do. Um, so, um, doing those, uh, meet and greets are a fun way to get to know all of you. Uh, we would love for those of you who haven't done one yet to do one. We've had many of you that have, uh, heck, even if somebody wants to do another one again, we can, you can do another one again. Who cares? Um, Maybe but, we'll assign every church member a day of the week, and every day of the week, somebody will. Yeah, and it's 
And it's not like uh, Sherry just said. She says, and we ask questions to get to know you all. And it's very true. Um, we, we get in there and we interact. We want to know. And Sherry and, and all of you have been really good with talking on those and asking questions and, and getting interactive. And it, it takes away the weirdness right away, I think, for people. Because people end up, they get laughing. They, they, they end up having a lot of fun. And actually, they feel, uh, you know, even like filled up a little bit afterwards. So... Don't think that there's there's not value in in doing doing things this way. It's there there is, and we really need to get over this idea that we need to to go somewhere to have this type of fellowship. Encourage you to go somewhere, um, but it's where our heart is first. It, it's where our heart of worship is, and we need to be content in Him, not hopping. You know things or making excuses or, or doing anything in that we need to be content in him alone uh and even if in conditions aren't completely right it doesn't matter conditions are never right so they are shanna we we enjoyed yours sherry we enjoyed yours uh and you know all else we we've had a lot of fun um quick announcement i didn't mention um i did talk to i know people have been asking me about sabrina um, she, I did talk to her the other day. She's not been well. She's been very, very sick again. So we want to lift Sabrina and her whole family up in prayer, her and Drew up. Uh, she has just been, it's just been really, really rough for her. She's, she got really sick. It's been over a year now, uh, or almost at a year now that she's, uh, been extremely ill and has very few answers. So it's, life's not easy for her and honestly that's one of my um i, I mean that just kills me uh that, that she is in so much pain and she's going through so much because um you know i mean she was definitely a, a very big part of this ministry and, and all of you knew her uh but just being so sick and being so busy with um you know trying to keep it all together for for her and her family um she just kind of had to to lay off but we are keeping you, Sabrina, If you, when you watch this later. Not if, when. I know you will. Um, but, you know, we love you, and we know that we um, are, are praying for you and Drew and the kids. Um, I love Annie's idea. She said we could do meet and greets part two, learning and loving more. Oh, that would be perfect, Annie. I love that idea. Yeah. I, I love that idea. Y'all hear enough from me. I'd never shut up, Liz. No, Liz, we can never have enough. I mean, again, don't stop being hesitant, man. If the Lord puts something on your heart, do it. So we need to not, we need to get away from that, that attitude. We need to, we need to lift each other up. We don't have, you know, we don't have time. I don't want to be, I'm not going to turn into crazy minister over here. That's telling y'all that, you know, the end is near. Jesus is coming. Right. But he is, <laughs> he is, and we're not promised tomorrow. And whether uh, Paul Washer made a st statement that I love, he goes, guess what? Everybody in this room in a hundred years from now will be dead. So everybody on this live stream in a hundred years and, and some a lot less um, will be dead. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot less. Um, so in that time frame, we know that we're not guaranteed very much time on this earth period. And we, we need to live like it, whether it's either by death or by, by rapture, by change, 
by First Corinthians 15 there, that, that twinkling of an eye, that changing. We, not all of us, we, we, we won't all sleep. We won't all die. It means that we will be changed and our bodies will be changed to be made like Christ during the rapture. So, um, man, come Lord Jesus. All right. Girls are going to go outside and play, but I told them to be up in a little bit. Yeah, they, they can go outside and play for a little bit. All right. All right, guys. I love you. I won't I won't keep you. If you guys don't have anything else, um, thank you all so much again for everything. Thanks for hanging out. Um, if you need anything, please let us know. Um, I know I've got a couple things that I've got to get back to some people on. But, um, yeah, if you need anything, let me know. We love you guys, and we will see you on Wednesday. If not before, then I should have a couple podcasts or something coming out uh, soon. Um, I'm, I'm doing little, uh, my, I have an idea just to do like quick little question and answers. I say quick little, that's literally going to force myself to do little 10 or 15 minute podcasts. Um, where just answers simple questions. So, um, I think that'll, uh, that'll probably, I don't know, maybe today, who knows, but love you guys and cannot wait to see you soon. Bye-bye.